So, welcome to Sort It Out special episode. Yeah, it's another special, another shallow dive. Yeah. Well, actually, this is part of a deep dive series, but it is a bit... It, it, each episode will be their own shallow um, interpretation of the dive. <laughs> exactly. So if, that, so, if you're not confused now... <laughs> <laughs> We've confused ourselves. Yeah, we... <laughs> if you were to perform a dive, I don't recommend doing it in a shallow pool of water either. No. No, actually, if it anything, would be a dip, sh- wouldn't it? Shallow dives are quite dangerous. <laughs> yeah. It's like the, like you hear of those kids that go to Magaluf and jump off a balcony into a swimming yeah, pool. Oh, fuck, it was a shallow end. Yeah. Come back with a nap actually, race. Do you know what? You've got to pick the right end when you're doing that jump off the balcony, haven't you? never thought of it like that. You really have. So, uh, on that note, welcome to the shallow dive of... The fucking Fulfords. The fucking Fulfords. Which is a TV show, documentary, yeah. that was on in the early 2000s, I think. Yeah, I think it was about early 2000s. Definitely Channel 4. It's got that vibe. Yeah, with, there's no <laughs> doubt in my mind that it was on Channel 4. And you can uh, find it just on to, YouTube. Just to let you know, BBC. <laughs> <laughs> they would never have an F word in their title these days. Well, that's what I thought. And it's uh, and yeah. Look what they got done to Paul Gary Lineker. Yeah, they've rubbed that poor man. As a man whose favourite snack is crisps, it breaks my heart to see see him get vindicated the way he has been. Yeah, yeah, all because he wants to help the um, uh, refugees. And little side note: match of the day was so much better without all the chit chat. So much. Twenty better. minutes long. It was so good. Twenty minutes of football. It was really in good. match of the day. It was really good. That's it. <laughs> it's on for about. An hour, hour and a half. Yeah. God, and there's no point in having the interviews because they just they just say yeah. At the end of the day, focus on the next game. Should have been a red card. Yeah. Yeah, literally, <laughs> like literally, like there's no. Yeah, but there was no. Well, actually, it'd be perfect for you, and even better for a man that I know is close to your heart. Your dad. I bet your dad loved it. Oh, he did. Because he didn't even man, have any commentary. He messes around. Yeah, he hates commentary and he hates. Yeah, just hates. to let the listeners know, watching a football match with my dad, I always try and do it when I when I go back and, and visit him, and um, because it's one of the the things that we have in common and we yes. bond over. Yeah, um, that and Pink Floyd. Yeah, exactly. Um, but. I always forget how much the experience is ruined by watching it with my dad because... <laughs> he commentates a commentator. Well, one, it's never live. <laughs> it's, it's, I'll pause, have it paused on kickoff, There's, I'll be up in a minute. There is no way. And I'm like, but what if I want to look on Twitter or, you know, like during the game. You can't, Alex. No, turn your phone off. So, basically, I'm I'm now phoneless now for the next hour and a half, two hours, depending on how long he pauses it to make his tea in the middle at halftime. Um, secondly, he hates knowing what the other scores have been on that day because he probably hasn't watched yeah. all of the games, yeah. like the three o'clock kickoffs. He's watching the late kickoff. He's waiting to watch all of the full matches on Sky Sports shown at like 10 o'clock at night. Oh, is that what he watches it on? The other. Is that what he watches it on? Yeah. Does he watch like the full clips of the games? <laughs> you know, like the well, hour like, long. Yeah. Oh my God. Um, what? I've never known a man that. 
Why, why wouldn't he just want the highlights? He's got like loads of the shit game. Oh no, because he thinks that that is the highlights. Oh god. Um, so essentially, there's that. So he's he, he doesn't like to hear the commentators talking because they'll blab about the scores. <laughs> and you know when they sort of flash the the, the, yes. ta- the table up in the bottom left hand yeah. corner or the scores that have happened yeah. in the bottom left hand corner. So not only do I have to watch it without commentary, without a phone. I now have to watch it with a cushion. <laughs> no way! Positioned in front of the left-hand corner of the screen. <laughs> no way! That screams your dad. Whilst listening to some sort of music on his Bluetooth speaker. Oh, no! Last what? time. So just... Oh, my God, that must be the most disengaged you ever are with football. How can he enjoy it? And last time... The music that was chosen was... I don't know if you're familiar with the artist um, who did the song Who Knows, which was by Protégé featuring Chronix. I'm not. <laughs> it's sort of like reggae Can you music. See it? But it was, n- not really. Right, OK. <laughs> but it was the full album of Protégé or Chronix, either one of them. Which, whoever it was. <laughs> yeah. It was the full album. Wow, OK. Wow. <laughs> um, and whilst... Listen, whilst watching it with that music and no commentators, I then have to proceed to be told by my dad why the commentators <laughs> are so terrible. So he's blocking out the commentary by creating his own commentary regarding the commentators. He's like, all they talk about is pointless facts. I don't want to know the last time Man City won 4-2 on a Tuesday <laughs> when, the deg- when the temperature was 4 degrees Celsius. <laughs> yeah, it's irrelevant to, to the yeah, game. Well, they just shut up and tell me who's got the ball so I, I can see which player it is. <laughs> so does he want them there just literally as an audible uh, sort of player pointer router? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Sometimes uh, he'll actually, he's got a bit of a thing for the radio commentary. Oh, which, if anything, is more descriptive. Oh, but maybe that's why, because it has to be more descriptive it, about the game. It, it talks about the game. That, that must be not... impossible to do on his live, <laughs> not live feature. Oh, no, no, no. He can sometimes sync up the radio commentary with the television. <laughs> so that it's playing at within one or two, yeah. plus or minus two seconds of the match. <laughs> well, for a man who does not care about live sports, that sounds pretty good. Um, so yeah, there was there was one other thing that I wanted to cover on that, but it, oh yeah, the rules that he then tells me about during the game. What rules? How he thinks the rules of football are wrong, and basically we tried this before. Don't do it again. <laughs> like when, for example, when uh, someone gets tripped in the box and falls over. Yeah, like there's contact in the box. Usually a dive, but because if there's contact, they give a penalty. Penalty, yeah. Um, shouldn't be a penalty, according to my dad. Indirect right. free kick. <laughs> Why? What's the reason? <laughs> because it's not an intentional foul. It's just a mistimed tackle. Excellent. Right. Okay. But say you know when a player is sort of on the halfway on the line and gets professional fouled, yes, they get a yellow card. Yes. In my dad's rules, that would be a penalty. <laughs> So I get to hear and debate this throughout the match. Is this every game? Him, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
So because it's that irregular that I choose to then spend, a, spend my football watching in this manner. I'd have uh, gone off football, me. To think you had to watch that with you had to watch football with him because you're both West Ham fans and lived in Bradford, so it's pretty. There's more, more data breach. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, it, it didn't. Have, it didn't used to be like this. It's only got. It got is like he, is he deteriorated yeah. into this angry man? <laughs> yeah, I feel like you're gonna do that. You're definitely gonna be that miserable, horrible man. Oh no, I have great memories of a kid. Of you know, I used to get up on a Saturday, go to football training, come back, get ready for the early kickoff, which was usually Arsenal because they were winning the. T- Yes. About to win the yep. title. You had Thierry Henry. Probably was Arsenal against Man United. Oh, Rude Van right Nistel, Roy, Roy Keane, nice. Martin Keown. Vieira. Yeah, Vieira, Keane getting in each other's faces in the tunnel. Class. I'm sat down on the carpet because I wasn't allowed on the sofa. On the carpet in front of the TV. Hang on. Hang on. With, with the. Um, Why weren't you allowed on the sofa? Because I'd usually be eating a crisp sandwich. <laughs> So it's far, it's far different from those days. Yeah, um, it certainly sounds like they sound like great days. Maybe I should. Do you should... still have to sit on the floor? No, but I might bring it back just yeah, to, uh, to bond with him. Yeah, and then I might be able to hear the TV from a bit closer. <laughs> it's on like five volume. Yeah. Oh, I like that he keeps it just enough on for you to know it's there, Yeah, but not loud enough for you to be able to hear it. Yeah, he likes to just, he likes the crowd noise, but not, <laughs> not, the... not, not commentary. Wow. Yeah. Um, so anyway, um, into deep diving or shallow diving, whatever you want to do, um, the, the Fulfords episode, which we're going to dive straight into, uh, yeah. get it up on YouTube, have, have a watch if you want, or yeah. don't if, if you think this sounds boring, but essentially what we'll it is, it. we'll have, we'll have linked it below. Right. Okay. We'll link it. Um, it's basically a man called Francis Fulford, yes. who is an aristocrat from, the, uh, it's from Devon. He's they're, they're based in Devon, so his family has owned this particular property. For, three thousand acres. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, this three thousand acre property, uh, for hundreds of years. They, yeah. they got given it by Richard the Lionheart, who mm. I believe was a king. Will he have? He, will he have killed a lion? I think if you're lion-hearted, that that is a, a, a like a pseudonym, maybe right. for brave. Okay. There I was think that's, someone who killed a dragon, George. That's George. George. Yeah, he's Welsh. He's not. That's oh, not him. Okay. Yeah. Um. There'll be some other type aristocrat in Wales. I feel feel like Richard the Lionheart was in Robin Hood. I think he was. Mm. Richard. Yeah. Was he not called Richard of Yorkshire though? <laughs> I don't remember. I don't, I don't remember that. Uh, I wouldn't have thought so because it's based in Nottingham, isn't it? I actually used to live where uh, Robin Hood's from. There's a there's back for you. Did you? Yeah, Sherwood Forest. Did you? Yeah, oh. I did. Isn't there um, a centre park there now? There is a centre park <laughs> there. It's lovely. Yeah, there's also this really good fun. If you're in the area, there's this place called Sherwood Pines. I used to love going there as a kid. Um, but yeah, so this was a this was a one-off episode um, on Cutting Edge, uh, which was a TV series on the BBC. It was titled The Fucking Fulfords. It was in 2004. And it was essentially just to discuss this guy who has this property. He is uh, asset rich but cash poor. 
And essentially, it's just a big rundown mess, and it's how he manages his life in it, and he tries to come up with these elaborate schemes on making money. We thought it was worth a, worth a dive because it is one of the funniest. It's hundred percent worth a watch. I've ever seen. Oh, it's brilliant. He is. I mean, don't get me wrong. He's, he's cancelable in today's culture. He would never get on the telly now. But yeah. I actually was just doing a bit of digging on him um, to get some get some famous quotes up. Um, and all the news stories about him lately are him telling people that they shouldn't they shouldn't be able to dictate whether he's allowed to hunt a fox or not. So that gives you an indication of what type of bloke he is. <laughs> oh yeah, he's 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 an awful man in in spirit. But yeah, deep down there's there's something that he, he's likable. He is, is likable. Don't get he's a horrible human. Mm. But he's he you you rooting for him? I think he's a bit of an underdog. Yeah, and he's right. been and I feel sorry for him in a way. He's he's been he, he reminds me a little bit of the Prince Harry type story. He's been forced into this family mm. that he didn't really want to be a part of. He feels the burden of it a bit, but he's not allowed to leave and go to America with this nice lass. No, he has to stay in the fucking house. Yeah, and he wants to as well, and he wants to carry on the throne. He wants to carry on the legacy. It, pass it down to his eldest son. Which one's he? Uh, well, I, we'll 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 go through it. So it starts starts off with a nice highlight reel of him saying the word fuck. Yes, it does. <laughs> Actually, this is how it introduces every character within the series. <laughs> so first of all is Francis, who's going, Oh fucking fuck fuck fucker. Fucking fuck fuck. How would you just fucking stop it, Humphrey? Yeah, literally. Oh fuck off and tell your mother. Yeah. <laughs> and then it cuts to uh, his mother. Uh, which is Cassandra. Yeah, Cassandra, who also has a highlight reel of her saying fuck, yeah. but always with a tab in her hand. She's always smoking <laughs> everywhere she goes. This, this, The full episode worked out to be just over an hour, and there is never a clip with her without a cigarette in hand. <laughs> she's brilliant. She's absolutely brilliant. Inside, outside, anywhere, she's smoking. Mostly in fact, inside. In fact, I think there might be a clip outside where she's not smoking, which is, is concerning. She enjoys an indoor tub. Although it was 2004, you could do whatever you wanted. So, yeah, they've got three boys, which is... Which is it starts off in priority order. Yeah, I so think. you've got to understand that this get this. It, it's almost like a royal family in terms of the, the what gets passed to who. So, um, the the oldest child, what's he called? Arthur. Arthur. He's the he's the heir to so the he's the heir. Manor. Yes, he is. He's the heir to the, the, the crumbling land. mess of Fulford. Yeah, lucky him. I bet <laughs> Humphrey's fucking buzzing. Yeah, Arthur's got a two hundred k worth of debt coming. His <laughs> oh way. yeah, he'll get the he'll get the overdraft. He'll get the overdraft. Oh, there you go, Arthur. Enjoy that. <laughs> Cheers, Dad. And then you've got. Humphrey in in second in the pecking order in yeah. case Arthur dies or oh, tops himself it. or as we'll come to later turns out as Fulford would say a, a bloody queer <laughs> he, he's he's very homophobic oh he's a um, horrible homophobe he if he was to find out that he was a queer uh, he would pass it to Humphrey yeah second eldest because. He can breed. Yes, that's what he says. <laughs> he says he's got nothing wrong with uh, queers. However, um, he wouldn't want one in the family because they have to breed, um, and breeding is the most important thing. It's funny as well because he says something else in this episode, um, which else is meant to be the, the, the most important thing. 
Um, and that's the roof. So he says that as long he doesn't matter, he doesn't care what else happens to the rest of the house, this massive home, as long as the roof's intact, we're in a good place. There's actually a clip where he goes onto the roof. Yeah. Um, while he's talking about how important it is to maintain the roof, he moves a tile about three inches and fucks off downstairs again, where the wife is then complaining, saying, this is where all the water comes in. Yeah, he, he goes on this tirade about how the only thing you have to worry about in a big house like that is to protect the roof and stop the water coming in. He says, once the water gets in, you are fucked. And then the, the next clip is Cassandra smoking in some cobwebs and just going, so this is where the water comes in. <laughs> so it's it's not looking good, is it? Not looking good. It, it, it isn't, no. And um, then you've got Edmund, and then you've got in so the, the last heir to the throne, which yeah. is Tilda. Yeah, she's actually probably the oldest, but because she's a lady, she is uh, she's she's right down the bottom. So Edmund, the the youngest pup, would get uh, would get the, the the throne before her. Well, I'm sure that that works out all right for her. Yeah, she's not uh, by by no means is that a disadvantage to her whatsoever. <laughs> That's the only time misogyny works in the, in the fact that she now doesn't have to have anything to do with that horrible home. No, and essentially what he's trying to do is come up with get rich schemes to yeah he's, he's he's trying to get rich quick isn't he he's, he's, he's trying to clear the hole they say at the start of the episode is it is it a million quid that he, they need he needs a million quid to basically do this sort out, out the house sort, well i'm gonna i wasn't gonna say do it up i was gonna say make it Habitable. livable yeah. and not fall down on top of them you almost feel in a way sorry for and bear in mind this is this is from a person who at the minute has no heating in his home and he lives with five indian men in a shared house um Gonna cut that bit out. <laughs> I didn't it, need to say Indian. Didn't did I? No. I say it all the time. Really, man. <laughs> um, yeah. So this is uh, you, you. Almost feel a bit sorry for him. Like you feel sorry for the people living there. Uh, they're living in uh, this. This house is probably worth millions. Yeah. Well, if it was done out properly, you know, the land itself would be worth millions and millions and millions. Yeah. And you feel sorry for him because he's living in absolute squalor. <laughs> It's disgusting, isn't it? It's horrible. You've got like water damage, watermarks on the walls, the the Paints the wall, peeling everywhere, yeah, wallpapers the, peeled off, tabash everywhere yeah, from tabash. Cassandra. The dogs are shitting everywhere. Yeah, what's that about? They just let the dogs run wild and shit everywhere. The kids are playing cricket in the great hall, smashing up the windows. Yeah, <laughs> the kids have no. But oh got... bloody hell, Humphrey! You're not using a windy again, are you? Here. here. Get a proper cricket ball down here. Do some real fucking damage. <laughs> children bring the house alive. That's what he says, yeah. Yeah, that's what he says. The children, in you need children in a house like this. They bring the house alive. And then it cuts to um, Tilda smashing the head in of Arthur <laughs> outside. He tries to break them up with possibly the worst parenting style I've ever seen. He approaches them and almost just just asks politely, doesn't he? He just goes, please stop. What are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing, Tilda? Tilda! <laughs> Tilda, Tilda what are you doing? Oh, yeah. well, bloody fair enough. There. Yeah, there's no, there's no investigation there. He's quite happy once she says he started it. Yep, that's fine. Um, so, yeah, the, the, it's crumbling to pieces, but he's still, he, I think he says, well, man, 
you know, I know the paint's peeling off and there's water damage and the bloody roof's fucked, but it's got a certain charm and romance about the place. <laughs> it does. He's, do you know what? He, he's optimistic, I think. He, he, he's, he's also, he's kind of, because he's grown up there and he's had to live there his whole life, I think he's almost blinded by all the, the shit. And he still thinks it's, it's, it's perfect. Now, to summarise what this man looks like, I was just going to say, yeah. on the charm and romance bit, Yes, that is how he bedded his wife. It was. She fell in love with the with charm the house. and the romance. And as he says, well, she couldn't see past the romance of the place and didn't realise how much bloody cleaning they needed in the house. He specifically <laughs> says that he's married for her to clean it up. It says something about they would have had over 300 servants in the past. And now, and then it cuts to Cassandra mopping up. Well, she's like, she's dusting. But as she's dusting, Tabash is dropping off the end of a cigarette and just going straight to where she's previously dusted. So she, if anything, creates the exact same mess as she, 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 the input's the same as the output. <laughs> yeah, uh, it is, it, it's a mess. It is a mess. What were you saying before? Um, just to describe what he is as a person, like oh. what does he look like? Well, he's your sort of typical looking, impoverished af- as- yeah. aristocrat. To just, to just do me a favour, listener. Just, just shut your eyes. <laughs> just close your eyes, and imagine you know a caricature that people draw, and and the, you know with the big heads and everything's accentuated. Now imagine a posh person. Open your eyes, listener. That was Francis Fulford. The <laughs> the eyebrows the, are insane. They, I've never seen you. You've got less hair on your head than he's got on his brows, <laughs> and I know you're struggling. But that's, <laughs> that's factually correct. We were trying to work out what the what the relevance of eyebrows and rich was, weren't we? We were trying to work out what that what that is, how why do rich people have big bushy eyebrows? Yeah, it's there's some there's got to be some sort of connection between keeping it in the family and <laughs> yeah. the amount of hair you have 100%. on your brows. If you're really close with your cousin, in terms of you hang out all the time and you hang out in bed, <laughs> then the likelihood of having big bushy brows is, uh, is, is, is prevalent. Now, you may think that that's a bit of a derogatory statement to make and you may feel sorry for this man. Just go and watch that nine-minute clip. <laughs> Go and watch the name in a clip before you before you make that accusation. I mean, some people these days, all the fashion is having full eyebrows. You know. Yeah, true. They they yeah. they've done the brushed out eyebrow, haven't they? Full, and then even some people getting tattooed on to get more definition. Very true. They do. Um, maybe. Fra- Franza doesn't need that. Try try sleeping with your cousin. <laughs> <laughs> and that. Is a recommendation, <laughs> and actually that'll do fuck all for your eyebrows. It'll just mean you've got yeah good eyebrow children. Oh yeah, <laughs> it's true. You're not gonna. It's, it's not gonna grow now, is it? <laughs> yeah, it's true. Yeah, although we don't know because we don't. We haven't tested it. We haven't tried it out, <laughs> and I would like to state for the record, I certainly won't be. I can't speak for Alex, but I won't be. So um, he's got these big bushy eyebrows. Yeah, he's, he's got, got that nice quite, posh gap between his teeth. Yeah, quite big teeth. Uh, what? I don't know. They they do start to resemble like the 
the, a horse a little bit. Did you? Yeah. That's yeah, he cool. is. He is quite a horse like. He he looks like what you would imagine a poor person to look like in the sixteen hundreds. Mm. Do you know what I mean? He's got like villager type looks, or uh, like he's all straw hair. He's got yeah. Like he's wearing a lot of tw- tw- tweed. I imagine he stinks of coffee yeah. and cigarettes. Well, the whole house will stink at times. Minging. Um, I mean, yes, yeah, so he's he does have this like horrible laugh. Um, which has got a certain charm to it. Yes, I quite like it when he does it. Usually after he said something racist or homophobic. <laughs> Literally, yeah. My, I think this... Now, this bit, it's either going to get you or it's going to lose you, and it'll be where we finish the episode, I think. And it's about... And I'm going to let Alex do it. <laughs> and it's about Humphrey's trip to Exeter. Well, essentially, he goes to Exeter... Humphrey this is and um, Francis Fulford is telling the story he's like oh, I was a rather proud dad actually when uh, Humphrey went off to Exeter and he came back and he said daddy there were Germans in the pizza bar and then he went Germans God Humphrey how horrible how awful yes it was daddy but there was some good news uh, what's that Humphrey one of them was disabled. <laughs> That's what a cracker. That's my boy. <laughs> um, so yeah, that that is sort of his views on the Germans. Not a fan. Yeah, I, I. Do you know what? It's it's rare at the minute that you would get that that type of hatred towards Germans. I think yeah. most people have let that go. Yeah, they have. And aside from this, it comes in the more likable side where. He's getting the get-rich schemes on the go. He's decided, even though he's two hundred thousand pounds in debt, to buy just to spend a hundred oh, quid. Bit. Yeah, on a metal detector. Brilliant, absolutely brilliant. Yeah, he, he's plunging himself further in debt, and what's the reason? Because he thinks that there must be gold coins scattered <laughs> around his land. The wife comes out and she's like, "How much have you spent on that bloody thing?" <laughs> he's like, "Ninety-nine pounds." And I've just found a penny. Only 99,999 more to go, huh, boy? <laughs> I like to imagine what other sort of get-rich get schemes he's going to have yeah, on the go. Yeah, what's he going to come up with next? Oh, Cassandra, got a bloody good idea. I've just nipped down to the sperm bank and done a few off the old wrist there. <laughs> come back with about 30 pounds. <laughs> She'd be quite happy with that as well. She's quite like, uh, well, she said at the start, she goes, oh, why aren't we rich? <laughs> <laughs> the the other sort of things that I think I, this might not be on this programme, but I heard about this, is when he was saying something along the lines of, yeah, I know, actually, Fulford Manor is a great place to shoot a bloody porno. <laughs> I tell you what. Edmund and Humphrey had quite a shock when they saw those bosoms flying around the Great Hall. <laughs> they were quite excited. <laughs> oh, uh, Cassandra, would you like to buy any Herbalife? <laughs> I've got shit tons in the Great Hall. He's, he's the key. He is the the ideal captive for Herbalife pyramid scheme type people. <laughs> What's um, 
What are the other ones? Oh, what was it? Like? Juice Plus. Yeah, Juice Plus. There's one that's an actual shop. Is it the Body Shop? Is that? Uh, is it the Body Shop? <laughs> oh no! Oh, is 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 it the Body I Shop? Think, Avon. Think, yeah, yeah, it's stuff like that. Yeah. You get someone's got a, a fucking shit ton of Avon in the <laughs> living room. They have. Can't they? move for boxes. It always used to be the dinner nannies at school. They always used to sell Avon. But I mean, he's got lots of rooms to store it in. He has, to be fair. So he has. I wonder what else he'll get up to. Maybe I've had a dash on the old crypto market. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! I... Seems like I invested at the wrong time. <laughs> but they do say buy the dip. It turns out I bought the peak. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, he's he's on with these uh, he's on with these get rich schemes, and um, that was that was pretty much a good summary of uh, a shallow dive into the first part of of the of the documentary and it, it, it was it well, only gets better actually as you go through it yeah it picks up so i mean what we would typically say is is once you've listened to this stick the episode on have a little watch don't watch the rest of it wait until the next time we release one of these um <laughs> and then we'll go through them together um it, it's a it's it's a hard thing to conceptualise what type of character this is without giving you at least a little introduction. So I think what I'll probably do is I will clip him into the start of this episode. All right. Yeah, I think that would Good be. Editing, I think that would be wise. I'll I'll clip him in. I'm not going to pay him. Um, no. Because I feel like his fee will be he'll, quite high. Uh, excuse me, I'd be wanting an appearance fee. <laughs> yeah, he probably will. At least five pounds. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll get one of the clips from Daily Motion or other such great programs. Um, and then, and then I'll, I'll, I'll clip him in so you've got an understanding of what he's like. I've uh, just uh, just dive divulged if that's a word. But I, I was just about to have a snacking chili if you'd like one. Yeah, I'll have a snacking chili. Um, Do you want to summarise what that is? Uh, well, a chili that you can snack on. <laughs> the brand is called Serious Pig. Nice, good brand name. <laughs> Not really sure why. But essentially, it's a pig wearing oh, a, a, a monocle. I wonder if that's something to do with Fulford. Oh, it's you know what? It's pig. got a yeah. These are his snacking chilies. That is a bloody serious pig. That. <laughs> Look at it. My great ancestor, King Richard the Lionheart, uh, <laughs> passed him down through the generations from eldest boy to eldest boy. <laughs> you can see his monocle is still an artifact to this day. I could probably get about fifty pounds for it. <laughs> but yeah essentially it's, where did you get these um corner shop is no, that what was in the corner no, shop no. Inter- no interestingly maybe not interestingly at all um the, you know these sort of companies that actually tend to sponsor podcasts to be fair all right like they send out a box of yes a variety they of do stuff. sponsor podcasts yeah you know like like beer 52 and other such beer 52 yeah um, this one was an array of chilli sauces. Right. Um, and you paid for it? No, no, it was a gift from work. Ah. They're like, they, they do this thing as if you do something at work, then they send you an, a little something gift. Something nice. Yeah, like that. So oh, they, isn't that very they, nice? They sent, uh, they sent me the... It was three hot sauces and there was some snacking chilies with, within it. Um, and we are going to review them now. Yeah, um, this is the first taste pod as well. So they are pickled pepperoni chili peppers, suitable for vegans. Um, and luckily they've been drained and ready to eat because I wouldn't like the undrained. Like, yeah, I wouldn't like undrained, drowned. 
As Fulford says, once the water gets in, that's when you've got a problem. So yeah, um, they're, quite, they're quite big. Let's try. They are quite big. Let's have a try. I would say they're a good two inches in length. Yeah. This is not going to do me heartburn any good. Yeah, that's going to be a... They are quite um, nice. I do they like, are quite nice. Yeah, quite pickled. Yeah. Uh, quite spicy, though. Right. It's... We don't like chilies. Um, I mean, snack and chilies would be a weird thing to purchase. They they're not to the point of hot where... I mean, I could take or leave them. Yeah, they're not ideal, but I do get a sort of a weird buzz out of eating them. Yeah. Would you like another? Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. And on that note, we're going to in- enjoy our drained chilies. We are. Thanks for listening to this uh, shallow deep dive. Um, stay tuned for the rest. We may stick it behind a wall. Uh, I'm not entirely sure. Goodbye. Bye.